Hey there, hi there, ho there. Welcome to the weekend edition of Sports Frenzy 2.0, where Dave and I, I'm the maestro Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador Dave Height. We will get you through your weekend. If you're not watching sports, which we would never relate to or understand, but if you have some free time, you want to read a book? Watch a show. You're tired of watching those stupid, lame Big Ten SEC showdowns they stick you with 8 o'clock at night on Saturday. Or if your team is just completely sucking and needs something else to divert your attention for a while. That's what we're here for. That's why we do the weekend edition. We will tell you what to watch on Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, Plus, what to read, what to watch at the theaters, what to watch on demand. We will get you through. Shall we start with music? I think we should. Do we want to go the album or the singles first? I think we knock out the singles. Yes, because I want to <laughs> I want to torture you and everybody else out there with the lamest song possibly ever released oh my over God. the last 10 years. This this is a horrible piece of garbage. We're talking about you two. Your song saved my life off of what was it, the Sing Two soundtrack? My God, this is something that should be on a freaking Disney show. And it's, it's horrible. It's so bad. It is so bad. They should be so embarrassed by this. This is. And they won't be. No, they because they be. got a paycheck. They'll probably end up getting an Oscar nomination for Best Song of the Year. Probably. They'll wind up getting a Grammy nomination. Right. It, it, oh, it, my God. This is not you, too. This is shit. It's shit. It's literal shit. It's, it, it's, it is so lame. It is, I it, have, is a, it is a parody of a pop song. I have criticized you two over the years. I am not a fan of you two. I am more of a fan. So I will I will stick by them because I grew up with you two. The Unforgettable Fire and the Joshua Tree were albums that meant a lot to me. But ever since then they have kind of been straying off the path and Becoming trying to figure out asshats. who they are. Yes. And this but this is just not even music. This is garbage. I mean, literally, I could give a four-year-old a Tinker Toy piano and they could come up with a better melody oh and song than this. This is not worthy of Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame musicians. No, it's not. It's it's brutal. It's, I've never heard the Rolling Stones sing to this level. I've never heard Van Halen sing to this level. I've never heard the Foo Fighters sing to this level. This is like the ultimate sellout. It is. This is embarrassing beyond all belief. And I guarantee, I go on Rolling Stone, which I won't, because I have oh, they're banned gonna, they're Rolling gonna, Stone. They're going to eat this one up. Oh, but you don't understand how Bono is reaching into his inner self and trying to find... No, he's cashing a big-ass paycheck for this crap. You two should not be doing a song for an animated goddamn movie! And at least one not this abysmal. No! None! None! 
Sorry. When you start doing songs for animated movies, you have sold out. You have sold your soul. You don't do that. If the Foo Fighters ever do it, I'm done with them. Sometimes. No, don't do the song. No. David, you have to do a soundtrack song at some point. No, oh my God. Are you really going to justify this? If no, I'm Fighters, not. If the Foo Fighters do a song for a Disney movie, are you really going to justify If it's a Foo Fighters song. No, I won't. I won't. Just stay away. There are certain lines you do not cross, and you two cross that line. It was just a bad song. Oh, an it's an awful it's song. Abysmal. Abysmal. Now, I will give it. A half friend. Oh my god! Because it had music. Oh it my had god! Lyrics. Are you serious? <laughs> no, I'm not serious. It's a zero across the board. I just wanted to see if I could get that vein in your temple throbbing. <laughs> There's no way in hell I would give this less than zero. If I could, I would give this song less than zero. It's bad, kids. Stay I would, away. Literally, this is right now. In my list of worst songs of all time, along with Debbie Boone's You Light Up My Life. <laughs> and I'm right now wondering if I wouldn't like to hear her singing You Light Up My Life more than listening to your song Save My Goddamn Life. Because this song did not save my life. It ripped a part of my life out of me that I never knew I even had. Thanks for that, you two. Bono, Suck. you arrogant piece of crap. Why don't you and Aaron Rodgers and your lateral thinking go off and get a warm Guinness somewhere together and stay the fuck away <laughs> from the rest of us who actually want to live a fun and happy and decent life. And want to hear good music. All right, moving on to our next single, the title track from the scorpions no it's not the title track no i thought it was no never mind not. rock believer rock is believer the name of the is album. the album we get the first single peacemaker from the scorpions this was a nice rocking little tune it had a catchy little riff to it mediocre scorpions that's about how I look at it. Yeah. 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 Rock Believer is the album coming out, I believe, February of 2022. Yeah. Peacemaker is the first single. Uh, I could have, yeah, I could have. It's, it's catchy, but I it's not. dealt with something a little better. Yeah. Like you said, this is kind of generic Scorpions. Um, I'll give it two and a half for That's disease. where I'm at with it. It's it, one it's... of those things where I'll take it, but I would have liked more. Yeah. Yeah, there it had that base basic riff. The beat was there. The lyrics were very lacking and it didn't have that driving backbeat that it needed. And you don't want to write it off and say, Oh, they're just old, you know, but maybe they are. Maybe they maybe. are. Maybe. Vocal sounded strong though. Right. But we'll see what the rest of there the album are ways, brings. There are ways in the studio to mask all that. So, in the end, I would say it's a little disappointing. Not terrible. No, but it's a freaking 10 compared to you, too. 
<laughs> Their song saved my life, Dave. <laughs> it did. I didn't know where I was going to go. I was going to jump off a bridge until you two <clears throat> put out this song. And this Shut song up, Kevin. my life. <laughs> oh, God. It's so putrid. The stink of this might not leave sports frenzy for weeks. Damn my ears I, for listening I to this some, crap. I need some podcast aerosol. We get that, though. Jerry Cantrell's new album. Our album review for the week. Brighton. Yes. And, of course, if you don't know who Jerry Cantrell is, shame on you, number one. For shame. He is the mastermind behind Alice in Chains. Yep. This is his and third solo album. This one was kind of an eclectic mix of what you would expect from Alice in Chains and kind of going back old school 70s ballad type. It's a very odd mix. I will give you that. Yeah. And Cantrell, <laughs> let me say this. Uh, I love Jerry Cantrell. I think he is the reason Alice in Chains was successful. It wasn't Lane Staley. Lane Staley, no. obviously, even though he had a an interesting voice, he had drug problems. You got to believe it was Cantrell that kept the Cantrell band together. Cantrell was the driving force, that... right? And that's why they're still together to this day. Um, and he is still co lead singer, right? In the current version of Alice in Chains. The problem I had with this album is that there wasn't really a standout song. No, there, there wasn't a lot of cohesion to the album either. Right. I mean, you... It's only nine songs. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you went from what you would expect from Alice in Chains, like a tone, Brighton, had to know. And then you had the 70s-ish stuff with Prism of Doubt. Uh, nobody... Nobody, breaks, Nobody you. breaks you. Dismembered was kind of in that mellowish, and then you had two that really just didn't fit with uh, Siren Song and Goodbye. Yeah, I'm with you for the most part on that. Um, I think the album started out phenomenally with a tone and Brighton. Yes, those were the two strongest songs by far on the album. Uh, a tone. Sounds like it could have been an Alice in Chains song. Right from the get-go with right. the guitar riff, the singing, the whole vibe. Yeah. Now, Brighton is, to me, what Jerry Cantrell is trying to do as a solo artist. Right. He's got it a had, little bit of that AIC it, edge. It was the AIC-ish bit to it, but it was more his... More personal. Yeah. Yeah. So I love the way the album started out, but then, like you said, Prism of Doubt kind of was like a... It just did not hit with me at all. Um, Black Hearts and Evil Done was an interesting song. It was almost country-ish. Yeah, I have it. It's more of the ballad that's... It was right. interesting. That was one of the more interesting songs on the album. But then after that, the album really falls off. Um, I like Dismembered, track eight. Dismembered was probably one of my favorites on it outside of a tone. Right. I agree with you on Goodbye was 
that was another weak. one that was eh. Yeah, and had to know, and nobody breaks you. We're okay. Um, again, nine songs, so not a a lot to judge. No, two that absolutely were should not have been there. Right, two standouts. Um, a couple really interesting, but not great songs. So I will give uh, Brighton two frenzies. I was going two and a half. You are such a nicer. I'm man than generous me. on that. There were a few on there that I I think I liked Prism of Doubt more than you did. Yeah, I didn't like Prism of Doubt. So at all. I, I, didn't I didn't mind it. It was just one yeah. of those that I I, I could kind of groove with it a little bit. Yeah. Now will I listen? Here's the what I'm trying to form for my criticism here on Sports Frenzy is that will I listen to it again? We talked about this in the past right. with like Restless Heart, White Snake last week. Definitely love the album enough. Yeah. And I will listen to Brighton again. So even though I'm only giving it two frenzies, it's not like the Doobie Brothers or Duran Duran we've Where talked about recently. Well, we just write those off as. I, I will not listen to no. them. And I know I'm giving them similar, this similar reviews. To what those were, but, but the expectations from this one that we had going in, right? What we'd had from the past, and this is more the music we would normally listen to, right? But yeah, I, I can only go two. I can't go two and a half. I just there, even though it's only nine songs, there are a lot of disappointing moments on this for me. Yeah, like I had the two big disappointments. The rest. I could deal with and listen through. Yeah. Because you're a nicer person than me. I'm a bastard. You are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Unfortunately, we probably should segue into the tragic music news of the week. Um, uh, Astroworld. Wow. That this, was... This past weekend in Houston, eight people died. And I know there are still a lot of people... Young people clinging to life in hospital beds because of what happened. Um, there, now we've got lawsuits. Travis Scott, who was the headliner who was playing at the time of the tragedy, Drake, Live Nation are being sued. And again, what? where are we going to draw the line between personal responsibility? Now, there's other things. There, there going was, on too, there was also rumors that people were injecting people with heroin because there are stories out there that were the cops were like giving people Narcan. Oh, good lord! This Be, whole not, fest, not, not because people had actually done it on purpose, but because right, somebody because somebody was an asshole and right. decided to just jab somebody. Right. This whole it sounds like this whole thing was a complete disaster from the get-go all the reports are was security was under what it should have been that their supposed people protecting your emergency workers not everybody knew cpr and the fact that it took over a half hour for the concert to be stopped after an emergency was declared is inexcusable. And I think that's why Travis Scott is getting sued is because he was the one 
that supposedly was kept saying, going. Let's keep going. Let's keep the concert going. Yeah. Oh, they need help down here. He pointed out. Somebody actually screamed I mean, supposedly up at the stage said, somebody just died right in front of me. Yeah. And I'm, again, just going by A reports, lot of reports. But still, the time frame from when emergency workers declared that it should be shut down until Scott actually ended his performance was over a half hour. That's inexcusable, especially with the reports being when the crowd was chanting for him to stop. There were people in the crowd saying, we've got problems, we've got people dying here, there are issues we need to... <sighs> it's, I, it was a perfect I storm of stupidity. Been, I have not been to a festival. You and I usually go to 95% of our concerts together. Right. I've been to festivals and you I have just not went seen to one recently. Yeah, over the summer went to one. I have not, but you did. And there was nowhere near this kind of problem. You went Grand Rapids, right? You yeah, had, upheaval. Right. You went to upheaval. And so you did not see these kind of issues no, and problems. Not at all. So my question is. When do we start holding the people accountable, the people in the crowds accountable, as opposed to Travis Scott or Drake? I don't even know why Drake's being sued. Yeah, there's no excuse for that. He wasn't anywhere near anything at the time. I, I again, I but have not done there, enough there research on this. There needs to be this. crowd accountability, but at the same time, like in upheaval, the acts always said made a point thanks for coming out you know let's be respectful of each other because we want to be able to keep this stuff going and so they were more encouraging i guess of better crowd behavior and when they saw stuff going on they tried to help calm it down like with all the body surfing that was starting to take place they said hey let's all enjoy ourselves right so again, where does the responsibility of the performer start and stop? And where does the responsibility of the crowd if, start if and stop? If the performer is informed that there's a lot of stuff going on, he needs to stop the damn performance and start helping make things better of the situation. And by all accounts, it does not sound like Travis Scott did that. Um, and of course he's a member of the Kardashian clan. So. Who cares? Now it's just not on him. I don't know if the organizers of the event Libation. didn't relay it. And if they didn't shame on them, but if they did relay it to his people and him and he knew ex what was going on and wanted to keep going, then yes, that is on him for failing to do the right thing. And the good thing is we're starting to see, Dave and I were talking about this tonight, looking at some concerts maybe we're going to go see here in the next couple months. We're starting to see a pullback from Ticketmaster and Live Nation. So maybe we're going to get away from these organizers who all they care about is, is bringing the almighty in the money. Dollar. Hopefully, maybe that'll fix things. Yeah. I am not a fan of Monopolies. I hate monopolies. 
Yeah, wasn't Live Nation started to be the anti-Ticketmaster? And they bought Ticketmaster. And they bought Ticketmaster, and now they're both charging exorbitant fees. Right, right. It's almost like when you go to the doctor, now you have to be told how much you're paying, you know, to get a camera shoved up your ass. You have to be told, at least now with Ticketmaster and Live Nation, before you buy the tickets, you know how much you're going to get screwed for right? before you finally click on, okay. yeah, charge my credit card. Instead of, oh, my tickets are 68 bucks a piece. What the frick do you mean I'm paying $85 now? Right. Right. And it's still pathetic. It's still ridiculous. They should not be allowed to charge to that jam prices up that much for their fees. What fees are you getting? What are you doing that you deserve an extra 15 to 20% on top of the ticket price? What are you doing? Oh, we're setting up a website so you can buy them? I'd rather stand out like I did in the 80s in the cold in the ticket line on Saturday morning and buy my tickets that way than have to pay an extra 20 fucking dollars for Live Nation or Ticketmaster well, because I get the convenience of sitting at home and doing it. Yeah. Convenient for who? It costs them less to run the website than it ever did to pay all the places that sold the tickets. Right. Whether it was the venue, whether it was LS Airs or Target or whoever or it was. whatever your little record store right. was that sold right. it. Right. We know. We know. Sports it's Frenzy, a scam. Sports Frenzy knows. We remember. And we know. We're watching you. Live Nation and Ticketmaster. You know. suck. All right. Now watch us get blackballed and never be able to buy tickets again. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't say that. You know how much I love my concerts. I know. I have a, I have a little surprise for you, Conquistador. I hate surprises. No, you, you will like this. You will love this. To wrap up our music segment. You remember, of course, I know you're not a Beatles fan. But you remember all the fun of help in a hard day's night. You yeah, the, the, the fun little things they did with it. The monkeys with head. Yeah. And kiss with kiss meets the phantom of the park. Right. In secret, the Foo Fighters have been have been making a movie. Oh God. Coming out in February of 2022. Studio 666, <laughs> where the Foo Fighters go to record their much-anticipated 10th album. In but a haunted brutal, studio. bloody mess. Oh, please tell them. me Shaggy and Scooby don't make an appearance. <laughs> now, the thing is, since we know Dave Grohl was in Tenacious D and The Pick of Destiny... He's got a sense of humor. He he, he, he is knows. looking at this as his way to cement the Foo Fighters' legacy, along with Kiss and the Beatles, in he, the pantheon of yes, 
he says this is going to be bloody messy fun. And that's all we can hope for is fun. From what I have seen, the initial count, 2,000 theaters <laughs> at the end of February 2022. For, I look forward to for this. For Studio 666. This could be fun. My daughter has already said to me she wants to go see it. <laughs> nice. For next week, well, keep in mind, kids, when I say next week, that's just me. I'm doing solo next week. Dave and I, next Wednesday, will be engaging with the great and the glorious Sebastian Bach. Doing Slave to the Grind. In its entirety. So you get me alone next week. In two weeks, a couple songs we're going to listen to and review. The Fix are back. Woohoo! A decade since we've heard from them. New song called Wake Up. So we will review that. And of course, it's Christmas time. No, it's not! <laughs> not until after freaking Thanksgiving. It's Christmas time. It's so, not Christmas until it's Thanksgiving if, is over. If Billy F. Gibbons says it's Christmas time, then I don't care. <laughs> you have to listen to and review, David. Jingle Bell Blues by Billy F. Gibbons. So again, next week, it'll just be me. So I'll pick out some other... something together. Yeah, I got stuff. I got things. I got issues with you people. <laughs> it's not Festivus <laughs> yet. Wait for that celebration, kids. It'll be a doozy. Yeah. Don't wait. Yeah, don't don't worry. I'll have plenty to talk about next week here. But And I won't be here to keep them in check. But just remember, the week after... Big stuff. You get the review of Sebastian Bach doing the entirety of one of the greatest metal albums ever, Slave to the Grind. And that will also be the week we're prepping up for... A double. A double. A, yeah, the week after that, we review... The Jackal, Jackal Family Reunion. And an acoustic Christmas Steve Stevens Billy Idol. An evening with Billy Idol. Oh my God! You you guys, and then we got Steel Panther coming in December. You <laughs> oh, guys, it's just rolling right along. You guys kids. don't know what you're in for. You we guys, don't know what you we're guys in and for. girls out there. We love all of you. Stay tuned. Movies, streaming, and TV coming up. Stuck in a no-win situation. Wife being held captive while your feet bleed? Take a second to decompress. Pull out your smartphone and listen to Sports Frenzy 2.0 on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, and CastBox. And don't forget to check out their Facebook page. The Maestro and the Conquistador will take your mind off your dire predicament and give you the best non-PC sports commentary you'll find anywhere. And once you compose your exit strategy and take down some German terrorists, you'll want to yell, yippee ki 
Hey, Sports Frenzy 2.0. Hey, kids. Welcome to the weekend edition of Sports Frenzy 2.0 here on the weekend of November 13th. I'm the Conquistador Dave Height. Along with the maestro, Kevin Crane. And it's time for our movie review of the week. The Harder They Fall with Idris Elba and Jonathan Majors. Nice revenge western on Netflix. We have always talked about this. We have always on Sports Frenzy tried to make it a point of emphasis to say we have no problem whatsoever with a movie that's got a completely or predominantly black theme or African-American cast, but we've always said, make it original. Don't take something and redo it. And this is what we have been asking for. This was brilliant because it's an original story using real life historical figures and i love that aspect to it it was great the it's way un- they worked it all in it's unbelievable it's it's there were a couple small missteps some stupid little cliche the old white town thing was really that, that i kind of i thought that was kind of stupid that was but, a little over the top yeah but but again if you're going to make a movie like this, and I applaud the filmmakers, um, James Samuel, of course, directed it, was responsible it, for the story, it. music, he was responsible. Great, brilliant. This is the kind of filmmaker I want. This was start because we'll finish we'll talk phenomenal. about the Eternals here in a little bit, and that cluster fuck. That basically has destroyed the Marvel Universe because they did the exact opposite of what The Harder They Fall did. The Harder They Fall did this the right way. The Harder They Fall featured African-American actors and actresses. Brilliant cast. Absolutely brilliant cast. Great cast. Well acted. I would not be shocked now that they're allowing Netflix, Amazon... HBO Max, their movies now count for Oscars. Right. All they have and to, everything. I think Regina King, number one. Oh, she was phenomenal. She's not, and she might not be done yet. No, they're, they're, they, they left it open. Idris Elba. I mean, I, I can't tell you how much I loved the cast. The cast and The acting was, was phenomenal. Was it Eddie Gothji as Pickett? Yep. The sniper. Oh yep. my God, he was phenomenal. And uh, the old so spice good. guy. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> is the old spice guy makes a really great appearance as he kind of plays both sides. Yeah. You know, he, he's on Idris Elba's bad, bad side, but he ends up switching over. And trying to, to do get his revenge. Right, yeah, it was uh so good. And Zazzy Beats, I'm sorry. She's I hot. love her. Oh my god, she I was hot. Her. I loved her in Deadpool 2 as Domino. Yeah. She is one of the most gorgeous 
women on the face of the earth. And I'm sorry, you can kiss my ass if you don't like me saying that. We do that on Sports Frenzy 2.0. I am objectifying her. She is a gorgeous woman. Yep. Great actress, too, by the way. Great actress. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. That that fight between the two women. Regina King. With and, Regina King. Yes. And her One of the was best phenomenal. Scenes. Yes. So now this this I loved this the movie. opening from the they had me at the opening credits when it came off like a <laughs> spaghetti western yeah where they were showing the characters their name yeah. and it was just oh that was brilliant you got to watch this it, Dave and I are western fanatics we, we love, love a good western and this and is of course up there they did the right thing here it would never have succeeded in the the theaters because people aren't gonna watch a western no anymore they should shame on you for not embracing the western but putting this on netflix featuring it on netflix was the right move this is an unbelievably fantastic movie three and a half right on with you it was three and a half awesome. frenzies. Three and a half Three and frenzies. a half, hands down. Again, just a couple little things the, the director did, you know, I didn't like. But I admire the fact that he did not make this a racial diatribe. No, not at all. All this was was a movie with black actors. And it if was you can't handle that, that's on you. Not it on... was a great freaking story from start to finish. The cohesiveness was there. All the characters are interesting. Characters you got, characters you love, characters you hate. But all of them have something. And there's something, yeah, there's something there for them. Yeah. And then the twist, there's a twist at the end that I did not see coming. <laughs> I almost expected it. Almost. I was waiting for you. I was waiting for you to say you figured it out and I was going to call bullshit. Because like, come on. No. You really saw that coming? Almost. I thought there, there's something going on here. Well, yeah. I was waiting for an explanation. Was, what is it? And as, as they're starting to talk, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's going to be. So there is an opportunity for a sequel. There is. And, God, I hope they can pull it off. Because I want to see these characters back. Yes, some unbelievably great characters. I mean, we're we're looking at old school actors like Delroy Lindo, so good in that role. Yep, as the as lawman Bass. who has to side with. He has to figure out which of of the the lawless gangs he wants to side with. Yep, like I said, the old Eventually Spice guys goes in with there. Nat Love. Yep, and as they're going through, I'm like. They're listing off the characters. I'm like, oh my god, whoa, whoa! They're actually bringing real people in, and then you get the thing that the story is fiction, the people are real, right? And oh, so good, right, right. And I again admire the filmmakers for not turning this into a, a PC piece of garbage. You know, right? They they. They keep race out of it for the most part. We get a couple references. 
but it's at to, that time. Right. So, But they do such an unbelievable job of staying away from that. They keep that at the bare minimum. It is. It, and that's why phenomenal. I was able to enjoy this movie. And again, we've talked about this and talked about this on the show. If you don't make this, it PC-focused, it can be a brilliant freaking film. And that's what The Heart of the Fall is. I'm watching this movie going, God, I fucking love this movie. Because they're not making it about black versus white. White versus black. It's just bad versus good. It's a traditional Western. It's good versus evil, and that's what we like. Yes. And again, this is what Hollywood should aspire to. We exactly. Don't, we we don't i can watch a movie with an all black cast and enjoy it i don't care Just who don't the cast shove, is don't shove your pc agendas down my throat and that's what's so admirable and so perfect about this movie is the filmmaker gets it james yes. samuel gets it he, he understands don't. i'm going to have an all black cast but i'm going to make it so that everybody can enjoy the goddamn movie Especially brilliance of westerns. Three and a half. Three and a half. Solid three and a half. I will be watching this again. Yes. This is definitely one I will watch again. This could be the best western I have seen since Appaloosa. Yeah, I like this. But again, I don't know what that says because nobody makes westerns anymore. No, I like this better than The Magnificent Seven that came out with Denzel. Yeah, I would probably, I could go there. I could go there. Yeah. Yeah. But did you notice? Very interesting point, bringing up the remake. The church <laughs> seemed like it was almost identical to the church in The Magnificent Seven. It, yes, I noticed that. So again, and religion plays a big part. We won't big spoil time. anything. But... but did you notice the the name on the side of the train car? No, I did not. C I C A Bozeman? No, I did not. The homage to Chadwick. That's awesome. That's awesome. No, I did not. Very cool. And so. again, these are the type of things where stop dividing us. Stop making us hate each other. This is a type of movie that brings us all together. It is. Loved it. Black, white, I don't care who you are. This is a classic, awesome Western. You relate to all the characters. It doesn't matter what their skin color is. Right. And that's all we're going to say on that. Just a great freaking movie all around. Unbelievable movie unbelievably fantastic i want to see more from mr samuelson yeah yeah i want to see more from him too yeah he seems like he's got a really nice touch he seems like he's a talent yeah i want to see what else he can do on the flip side of that because I'm the maestro, so that means that I have to bring in the negative. You have to subject us to the crap. James Samuel looks like he could be one of the great filmmakers. 
one of the next great young filmmakers with The Harder They Fall. Nobody listens to me, though. Nobody listens to me when I tell you Francis McDormand shitting in a bucket does not make you a great filmmaker. No, it makes you a moron. But Marvel, Marvel decides that Chloe Zhao, the one that made the Oscar-winning movie, Nomadland. All right, stop right there. Why are you bringing somebody noted for an Oscar into a comic book movie? Because they've done it before and they think they know more than us. They think they're... Because they brought in Taiki Watita, who we love. We love him because he is one of the masterminds behind what we do in the shadows. He is one of the masterminds. He was the one that directed Thor, the third Thor movie, which everybody loved, Ragnarok. So they feel like we're bringing in... It doesn't always feel work. Like they're bringing in all tours. They're bringing in these geniuses. It doesn't always work because not all of them get what the project is supposed to be. Now, even though Eternals made $71 million, worst reviewed Marvel movie ever, going back to the Hulk, the first Hulk. And By Ang was, Lee? Yeah, and that wasn't even part of the quote-unquote universe. Right. Ang Lee, great point. Hack. Somebody who serious films should not have done a comic book film. And so everybody's, oh, what? we don't understand why the Eternals aren't doing well. Everybody, including us, could have told you why. We heard the early buzz. The same, oh, we got gay characters. Ooh, stop shoving the shit down our throat. Again, let's go back to the harder they fall. Gee, the other part is. You can have an agenda. You can have something. In terms of your cast, your crew, your story, as long as you don't make it overt and say, you better enjoy this, because if you don't, you're a racist, homophobe, bigot. I never got that watching The Harder They Fall. No. I never Not at felt all. like they were saying, white people suck. I never got that impression. No. That's what I loved about the there. movie. As they said, this is just a black movie. You know, there's white people in it. Yeah. You know, we're going to bring it up once in a while. They were, you know, they had slaves. But for the most part, it's just, uh, it's we're trying just to make a, a movie with black people. But Marvel now, with this shit, with the Eternals, is trying to say, we're going to tell you what you have to watch. You better enjoy having gay superheroes. And you better enjoy... I knew the minute I saw Angelina Jolie... It was going to be Selma crap. Hayek in it, that it was going to be crap. Two of the most outspoken, liberal, pieces of garbage actresses Who aren't in even Hollywood. all that good. No. I knew the minute they put them in this, it was like, you're going too far. You are going too far. Now, I would have expected this if it would have been a Sony made. But coming out of Marvel Studios is what's more surprising. 
Now, see, I'd go the opposite way. I would think Sony is trying to hold on to what they've got with the Spider-Man stuff. And they are trying to make sure they don't blow it. Because the minute they make a misstep, Disney's going to come in and say, we want it all back. Because, of course, we got Spider-Man. Well, that's right. I'm sorry. I forgot. Disney bought out Marvel, which is why you've got the crap now. Right. Right. So this totally makes perfect sense. Right. And that's the thing. That's the Disney's thing. Disney's effing it all up. Ever since Black Widow, Black Widow was the first movie under the Disney umbrella. Because they were allowed, Marvel was allowed to make everything up until Endgame. Right. And now it's all Disney. Gotta be Disney's, we gotta have this, 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 and this. And we're screwing it all up. And the, what happened out of the gate? The first movie out of the gate, Black Widow, they pissed off their big star, Scarlett Johansson, because they, they, put, it, pay they put it out day and date, premium, $30 on Disney+, Plus, but wouldn't give her any of the money. Right. Even though it was cutting deeply into the box big office. Big time. Good for her. She sued. She ended up getting, I think, $40 million. Yeah, she got a decent <laughs> chunk out of it. But still. Uh, they got lucky with Shang-Chi. They got really lucky with Shang-Chi. Because now we're starting to see with the Eternals, you, you're going to push be, the audience too far. And it sounds like the Eternals has done that. And based on the reviews, I will not be subjecting myself to it. And then they're trying to rely on Spider-Man again, like you said, with Sony. That's a Sony property right now. Which everybody does want to see. Right. Because it might involve the multiverse and we're bringing in Doc Ock again and Green Goblin. We've seen this preview poster that came out this week implicating as much. But again, how sad is it? That Disney takes over Marvel, we all want to see the Sony stuff. Venom right. and Spider-Man. When it was before, we didn't want to deal with the Sony stuff. We wanted the Marvel stuff. Thanks, Disney, for turning everything upside down. Sony should be thanking you. They should be giving you a Christmas ham for handing <laughs> them creative license to do their things the right way. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And I'm so disappointed and disgusted. And we called this months ago. Again, When we saw the cast in the first trailer, we saw how abysmal it was going to be. The only way we were giving it a break, the only reason why we were giving it a break is because I had no faith in Guardians of the Galaxy. And they turned that and made it into a phenomenal Yeah, but even the trailers for that looked good. The trailers for the Eternals did not look good from the get-go. It's just another example of Hollywood getting too big for their britches. Yep. Now, talking about the difference between that, Sony, and Marvel, did you watch the trailer for Morbius yet? Not yet, no. Okay. No. With Jared Leto? Yeah. And I am looking forward to it. 
Um, I, I like this whole concept of taking the villains. Doing the anti-hero. But now, let me, let me qualify that. I did not like Joker. I did not think Joker was that good. No, and I, I didn't tried... even like the first Venom that much. Yeah, I, I did not care for the first Venom. I stopped. I did not see the second but one yet. I like the idea of if you're going to expand the universe, let's start doing things with these villains. Yes. You know, would it be cool to see a movie, a standalone movie with, I don't know, the Riddler? Yeah. yeah let's cool. give it a shot. If it's done right, they and have the not, Joker up. Yeah, if it's not Paul Dano. <sighs> so But like we they tried Catwoman years ago. They could probably do that again. Yeah, just don't do a reboot with the origin. We know the story. You and I have always said that. We know everybody knows the kids. The adults, we know the origin. We know how Batman came to be. We know how Spider Man came to be. Just get Just us give right us into a the story. Freaking movie. Yeah. But I, I kind of like this with the the villains. Yeah, that's fine. But do it right. Morbius looks very intriguing. I, and I can see Jared Leto is. The guy I would probably cast, yeah, as Morbius, because I grew up with that character. I know him. It's a good. It's a good call. Yeah. Now, are they going to do it right? We'll it, see. We'll see. I liked the trailer for it. The trailer made me want to go see. It. I did not think they could screw up the Joker, and they did. I from and the, I don't care. I don't care if you know what from the trailers. I did not want to that see. Movie or I did many... not want to see the Joker. The trailer did not look good to me. I thought they had it miscast. Miss the whole thing looked awful. And you and I did not like Heath Ledger as the Joker. I still think we are still <laughs> that looking was too for, over the top. I still think. Even we've gone through Jack Nicholson. That was not a and good one. Jared Leto. Heath Ledger was Heath Ledger, Jared Leto, somewhere in between those. I still don't think we found the right. Joker we haven't, yet, but but it's between Leto and Ledger, somewhere in there, is where the Joker resides. I still think we have somebody, yet to see the somebody ultimate. will find the Joker. But I do not think we've seen him yet. And I don't care how many people fawn over Heath Ledger. That was not the, the all-end-all No, Joker. it wasn't. And I, I did not care for Leto's version that much either. Although it was cool to see him at the end of the, uh, it the was, revamped four-hour Justice League. But again... It wasn't the right Joker. Right. We haven't had that yet. Right. We could talk about this for hours. We could. With Spider-Man, now with all this coming out, bringing back Doc Ock and Green Goblin, you know. Oh, my God. We could talk about this forever and just ever. Set, just set up the Sinister Six. And that's been supposedly in the works for years and years but and years. But they can't get it right. Well, and of course, they screwed up Electro. 
because I'm sorry, Jamie Foxx, blue fire, whatever he's doing, is not electro. No, no. As it's much not. as you hate to admit it, Hollywood, you need to have the big cheesy yellow lightning bolts with the green suit. I mean, my God, at least you got Mysterio with the fishbowl right. You got that right. You did. And that's why, again, I will say Sony's doing better than Disney slash Marvel is. At this point, yes. I was so skeptical about Mysterio, and they got it right. And they, they did an unbelievable job with They Mysterio. nailed it Unbelievable job with Mysterio. I was so proud of Sony. But again, how sad is it? that a company that technically doesn't have the rights to anybody outside of Spider-Man and the villains are now excelling. Right. Because they get it. The second Venom movie is going to, what we're looking at in terms of box office tracking right now, is going to outsell the Eternals. What does that say? That Disney does not belong Disney is screwing up the Marvel Universe. They're going to try to bleed it for all it's worth. They're going to try to take every little character from everybody who knew Marvel. I read Marvel comics growing up. I didn't even touch an Eternals comic book because it was garbage. It was that whole cosmic shit that nobody cared about. It's the goofy-ass crap. But, of course, they distance themselves from the Punisher. Well, Which is the, one of the greatest characters of all time in the comics. They won't admit they screwed up with the Netflix deal. They oh, gave they up. They gave badly. up. They gave up so many characters to Netflix that they really want right now. That they are dying to have: Daredevil, Elektra, Punisher. Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Are you kidding? The Defenders. Are you kidding me? They have have to dig this far deep and this far down for the Eternals? That's so bad. Such a horrible decision. All right. I got one more. I got one more. Fast and Furious. (sighs) We have hope for peace in the world. We do. Because if Vin Diesel and The Rock can get together (laughs) and put aside their differences, (laughs) then there might be hope for all of us. Vin Diesel actually reached out. Kumbaya. Vin Diesel actually put his ego aside and reached out to The Rock this week. And said, we need you. For the final. Fast and Furious 10. We, <clears throat> we've we got to have you back. Please. We need Hobbs and Shaw oh. together for the final. It's got to be the complete package. I'll give him credit for that. You know, Vin Diesel has always come off like kind of an arrogant ass bag. But for him to reach out... That, to the that other speaks, arrogant ass bag. That speaks volumes. Yeah. Number one, he wants to make more money. because He wants to make more money with everybody <laughs> involved. Right. But also, he wants to do it right. Right. 
I have not seen F9 yet. I am through F8. So you got to have Hobbs and Shaw in 10. The finale, the, the absolute finale has to include everybody you possibly can bring in who has not died. Right. That this has got to be, and stay out of space. <laughs> Keep it terrestrial, people. Don't pull a moonraker. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Oh. Oh, the conquistador can always make me laugh. All right, we've got one more segment to go, kids. We're going to talk about Tacoma. Tacoma. And a couple other uh, TV and streaming tidbits to wrap up the weekend edition. So please stay tuned. We appreciate you guys listening in, all you guys and gals out there abroad, overseas. Shoot us a line. Let us know what you think. Tell us what you want us to talk about. Yep. We'll take requests. We will we will just be thrilled with anything you send us. Eventually we might do a poll, we might do a uh Q&A. Those are options now that Spotify has given us, so stay tuned. Next segment coming up. When your day of dealing with international intrigue is over and you've settled down in your Aston Martin, call up Sports Frenzy 2.0 on your phone or smart car stereo. Every Thursday, Kevin Dave will take your mind off the megalomaniac who just had a laser pointed at your genitals with the best sports criticism around. And don't forget to listen to the Weekend Edition every Saturday so you can plan out your entertainment options with the femme fatale of your choice. Grab a martini, shaken, not stirred, and check out Frenzy, Sports Frenzy 2.0. Hey everybody, welcome back to Sports Frenzy 2.0, the weekend edition. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. Time to wrap things up here for you, but we've already given you one of the most awesome movies you could watch in the heart of They Fall. We've told you music, kind of stay away from you two. Yeah, avoid that one. But uh, hopefully we'll have some better stuff coming up for you in music next week. But now it's time for TV and streaming. And Titans has ended. Yep. What we do in the shadows has ended. But we still have Tacoma FD. <laughs> oh, thank God I finally got that worked out that Comcast got their act together and stopped trying to charge me to watch the episode. So I am all caught up to this point with the last two, The Quiet Party <laughs> and Eddie the Chief. Chief Panisi. Chief Panisi. Penis eye. Penis eye. <laughs> broke broken lizard is just the best they are awesome they are funny they're subversive i love them um if you haven't watched beer fest slam and salmon super troopers and two and super two. troopers too yes um you know 
you can if you want to watch Club Dread, go for it. It's kind of their worst, but and it still was entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thank God True TV has given them new life with Tacoma. Yep. Renewed for a fourth season. Right. Oh, so, so damn good. Of course, we joke now about Snackatron all the time. <laughs> but yes, yeah, last episode where uh, Eddie Panisi, the captain of the station, takes over as chief. And he oh. thinks it's all going to be good and all, it's all be fun easy. and games. And reality sets in. <laughs> And of oh. course, you know, you got uh, Grady with his, his video his game, video his little game, Tetris, his Tetris video. thing, where he just gets sucked in and can't function any other way, and everything has to revolve around trying to fit the pieces together. And you've got, uh, you know, you got the the grocery run, which oh god, poor you know, Andy, poor Andy's got. You didn't get salted butter. You got unsalted butter. Who gets unsalted butter? And are we going to make bolognese for for the chief or not? No bolognese. (laughs) I'm not making any damn bolognese. It's just I I don't want this hand job. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard being the hand. (laughs) It's hard being the right hand. (laughs) That's why we love. Tacoma FD. So it's thank God we're so gonna get good. it for this the rest of this season and next season. Now, I did not know this, of course. I am a CSI fan. I've watched the first couple episodes of CSI Vegas. I did not realize this was only a 10 episode run for them. Really? So it's coming to an end here in a couple weeks, and they don't know if they're gonna bring it back. Interesting. So you know, unlike NBC, who has Chicago, FD, Everything. PD, FBI, NCIS, you know. Yeah, that's... <sighs> you mentioned Stranger Things. I did. I saw the trailer for season four, which isn't coming out until 2022. Nine episodes. Ugh. Nine episodes only. God it takes you forever to get out nine Too fucking episodes. Damn long. I I just don't know what to do with that one. Now, I'm going to get sucked in on it, this. It looks interesting, though. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's stellar, but it takes too long. It's it like does. somebody was the joking. The kids are going to be fucking somebody, 40. I don't like Twitter. I don't like comments on Facebook or Instagram. But somebody put out something really funny because they delayed Avatar again, the next Avatar. And somebody (laughs) basically said, oh, my God, James Cameron, please take your time putting out your next movie. Because God knows it takes him fucking 10 years to put out a goddamn movie. Right. And I feel the same way about Stranger Things. Put the goddamn show out. Nine episodes. We've been waiting three years. I don't want to hear COVID. I don't want to hear that it's COVID. No, it's not. No, it's your your pretentious morons at this point. It's bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. You've been stringing us along now forever. 
there's no reason you couldn't have put this out in January. None whatsoever. No. It's absolutely a joke. I, this has got to be the last season, right? It's got to be. They're going to be it too old. It would have to be. The kids can't do this right, any Right, they're going to be too old after this. Yeah. They're not going to be able to pull it if off. If you had not pulled this shit. You could have gotten two more out of it. Absolutely horrible. Now, you did mention NCIS on CBS. And, of course, I had mentioned Mark Harmon is now gone. His character, Jethro Gibbs. Right. Gary Cole from Office Space is now taken in leading the team in that. And he's really damn good in this. And I love it. This last episode, he's trying to get to know the team. And they're asking him questions like, yeah, I come from a Brady Bunch size family. I knew it! I was just going to say that! I was waiting for that. That was going to be my next question to you was he did he made fun of himself playing mike brady in the brady bunch movie it was brilliant so great actor he actually fits in with the cast well coming in bringing a different perspective so it's fun and enjoyable and i love that he he did that he goes yeah i come from a brady bunch size family and i just <laughs> lost it my wife started losing it. My mom, who lives with us, she's like, what? So we had to pause it and explain that he played. She didn't know that? No, she doesn't watch that stuff. <laughs> oh, that would that would have been awesome. So oh, it was awesome. it was great. Okay, so I am not trying to pimp any other streaming services outside, of course, Spotify, Anchor. Google, Radio, Radio Public, Public, Apple, <laughs> Pocket Cast, all the ones that, Breaker. that carry us, yeah. But they are having a special this week, kids. If you're like me, you're trying to watch your budget. Before Sunday, if you sign up for Disney Plus, first month, two dollars. After that, after that, seven ninety nine. I, I am really going... don't want to give the rat any money. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Ugh. I want to watch Black Widow because this will include Shang Chi, so I can watch all, and then I can go back to Wandavision <sighs> and catch up before Hawkeye, starting on Thanksgiving. Ugh. We probably should, but I just find it so difficult to give the rat my money. I know. I know. I'm with you, but. I do want to catch up on all the Marvel stuff. I want to see how bad it is. We've been talking about it. This might be the time to do it. But again, it's only through this weekend, kids. So I'm trying to save you money. I'm not trying to make the rat money. Believe me. We're trying I'm to not. screw the rat out yeah. of money. So $2 for the first month for Disney Plus through this weekend. Ugh. So... I have been trying, trying, trying to get the Conquistador to watch Yellowstone. I have, and I understand. I am very 
overbearing when it comes to watching We've stuff. got too much shit to watch as it is. I, I do tell him all the time, watch this, Dave. Watch this, Dave. Watch. Have you watched Bosch yet? See, this is where he's going to get me. He's going to tell me, you don't listen to me, but I'm supposed to listen to you. And I, I understand it and I get it. He's watching Doom Patrol with his boys right now. And I shove that on him and shove that on him and shove that There's on him. There's stuff in the queue that I want to watch. It's time. How much time do I have right. with everything? My yard's four times bigger than yours. Takes a lot of effort there. I read a hell of a lot more. I play oh, I more videos. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Mr. Evelyn Wood Speed Reader was going to pull the, the I read more than you crap. Yellowstone, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Eight million viewers watched the season four premiere on Paramount, which nobody cares about outside of Yellowstone. Eight million people. Good for them. Dude, Yellowstone is phenomenal. You have got to start. It's a Western. You've I got get to it. Watch. I don't have the fucking time to add something yes, else do. right now. Yes. Drop NCIS. You're watching NCIS. Why? You should be watching Yellowstone instead. My mom lives with us. There's only so much to fit in. Doesn't she have her own TV? Why do you have to watch it with her? Because she will not go into her room until a certain time. <laughs> There's expectations. Yellowstone is bloody, brilliant, sexy. It's awesome. Yeah, I get it. Someday I'll get there. Next topic. Oh, my God. I love when he gets pissed off like this. I do. Because I feel like I've won. No, you haven't. Because I haven't watched the goddamn thing yet. So suck You're it. one of the only few. And if it keeps going, it's going to be on principle that I won't watch it. All right. My final TV and streaming note for the week is that, again, Disney Plus... And I am not trying to pimp Disney uh, Plus. I'm not trying to pimp the rat. But they are going to have, starting this weekend, with some of their Marvel movies, what they call IMAX Enhanced. Which means... Who one, gives a flying rat's ass? You get 26% more screen. Ooh! Unlike oh, Seinfeld, where they took 40% away. Well, that was Netflix. That was stupid. That was so stupid. Just leave it alone. The funniest show of all time. Leave it alone. Part of Don't it with the visuals in the Don't background. fuck with it. There you go. You don't fuck with Seinfeld. Don't fuck with it. I'm very, very particular about Seinfeld. Don't fuck with my show. It's perfect the way it is. Because the visual background is part of what makes it so good. I was in the pool! I was in the pool! Shrinkage! 
freaking show of all time. So fun. Uh, books. We have books. I have books. You have a book. I will have one, probably two, for the next time we get together. Yes, I think you and I will both have a review. Because I only want to do the, same book. the newer stuff because I have been reading Brad Thor's Pike Logan series. You can review older stuff. Why? Who said you can't review older stuff? I like to be more current. We've always put the rule forth that as long as it's never been reviewed on this show, you can review it. All right. So an old movie we've never seen before, you can review it. All right, we'll go with that. Yeah, nobody ever said you couldn't review that stuff. My review for this week is Devolution. And I hate the title of this book. I don't understand why Max Brooks called it Devolution. It's not de-evolution. It's just devolution. Yeah, I know I had an issue with the title as well. But beyond that, I like this book. I really did. I ended up really liking it more than I thought I would. This is Blair Witch in journal format instead of video format. So instead instead of it being, you know... We're watching things unfold on a video camera. We're we're reading them as reading they the unfold journal. in a journal. Mount Rainier, Rainier explodes, volcanic eruption, basically wipes out Tacoma. No Tacoma FD. Oh my god! I didn't think of that. Oh my god! What the hell? <laughs> I'm just putting you just blew pers- my mind, Dave. I'm just putting yeah. it in perspective for you. <laughs> but yeah, Seattle's cut off. Tacoma is gone. And there's this little Namby Pamby, you know. Hamlet. Uh, yeah, that lives on solar energy and biofuel and, you know, this is supposed to be the future. This is supposed to be the community where all people can live, you know, without having to really exploit animals or fossil fuels. I sound like Eddie Murphy and Bowfinger. <laughs> and that's the part at the beginning that I thought, oh, this is going to suck ass. This is really going to So suck. is AOC the mayor of this little burb? Well, that's what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, my God, I want all these people to die. I really do. I hope because the whole premise is now that Rainier has exploded, Tacoma is off the map. They can't get out of this little community that they've created that that it exists solely on, you know, biogas and solar energy. All these little namby pamby snowflakes are going to, you know, just sit there and die. But then the repercussions of the explosion are that the Sasquatches yes come down. Yes. This the is, big feats. This is the repercussions of the Sasquatch massacre. <laughs> as told through this journal. And the second half of the book gets really good because what they do is it turns into almost a a walking dead type thing where you you kind of think along with them and try to figure out what would I do 
how would I survive if this happened to me? If I was stuck in this little stupid ass, you know, namby pamby Bill Gates community. Well, you know, it's going to go downhill because nobody up there owns any guns. Correct. No guns. No guns. But that's what I liked about it is the fact that the things they came up with were really cool. And they actually, instead of being snowflakes and, you know, just curling, curling up. up into a ball and, and acting like... Letting themselves. Right. And... They actually fought back and they did a really good job for the most part. All right. So that's the part I liked about the book is that it it did seem like these were people that finally figured out, hey, they're Bigfoots out there and they're going to eat us. Okay. <laughs> they're going to kill us. We better figure out what the hell we're going to do. So finally they do, and they, they put up a valiant effort at the end. So I liked it. It was kind of like the stuff you and I would do. I think I think they were thinking more along the lines of what we would do, you know, in terms of if we didn't Creative have guns. survival. If we didn't have guns, like you said, duh, stupid asses, don't have guns. But what they did beyond that in terms of like making bamboo spikes covered in their own feces like old vietnam old war vietnam stuff old nice. vietnam yeah punji punji stuff and it's oh man. they really come up with that, very creative ways to defend themselves that almost reminds me of god the old 80s rachel ward movie the fortress where she's the teacher in the outback and the, she and the students are kidnapped by this gang trying to get a ransom and they escape and have to defend themselves against them. Wow. Look at that. Awesome movie. Loved it. Can't tell you how many times I watched it. the obscure movie reference from the conquistador. So that whole getting creative with right. what you have right. on hand to right. survive doing what you need to do. Right. And the punji sticks were a big key. Right. And that's what I liked about this book was that, and Max Brooks, of course, is well known for World War Z, yeah. which ended up being the big hit movie with Brad Pitt. He does a really good job of taking these unbelievably ridiculous sci-fi almost scenarios and putting them into reality. And what would you do if? Cool. You know? So, I may have to add this one to my reading it's list. Not, it's not a long book. It's about uh, 290, about 290 pages. All right. might be um, a weekend. Oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up, Dave. If I focus and not watch anything else or play any video games. You should games. watch Yellowstone. You should watch Yellowstone. I'm playing <laughs> Far Cry New Dawn right now. But I will give this three frenzies. Nice. I really, I really think they pulled it together. Again, it's a bunch of new age namby pamby assholes. There you go. But at the end, they end up getting their shit together and trying to survive. And I like the way it was written. I like the way they played this all out. When I look back at it, I was like, 
I would probably do most of the same shit they did. Cool. I really would. You know, they really did a good job of making it about they're going to survive this way and it's logical. It makes sense without guns. Again, they have to make their own weapons. They have to, to figure out how to fight off the Sasquatches. There the you big go. Feet. The big, the big feats. Yep. So again, next week, it'll be me and me alone. Because Dave and I, next Wednesday, we'll be checking out Sebastian Bach. Should be a good time. Playing the entire... Slave to the Grind. The first number one album on the Billboard charts when they switched over to SoundScan. So we always have that to look back on in terms of rock and roll greatness. Now, I have seen Sebastian Bach mm. twice. Once. You and I have seen him once. I've seen him twice. If he can just refrain from grabbing his crotch. That's not gonna happen. The guy's in his 50s. He shouldn't be grabbing his crotch anymore. You really gonna bet on that? No. <laughs> that's all. That's his only move. Come on. I'm looking forward to this, though. I think this will be an awesome show. I love one of my favorite albums of all time is Slave to the Grind. So very good. And his voice is perfect for it. Right. Now, we have also talked about the fact that his political leanings have kind of skewed away from where we would normally go. So, yeah, hopefully that's, that's... he doesn't talk politics. If we can avoid that, it should be an enjoyable evening. Yep. But other than that, uh, you know, I will go freeform next week. I'll watch something and review it for you. You know, we have to, for Dave and I both, for two weeks from now, we will review Red Notice. Yes, we do have to get Netflix, Red Notice. Which will is, of course, the big budget action flick. $200 million Good budget. Lord. With The Crazy. Rock, Dwayne Johnson, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds. So two weeks from now. That's just an interesting mix because we know Ryan Reynolds and The Rock have that movie charisma thing going. And throwing Gal Gadot in there is going to be an interesting experiment. Yep. So that's you're getting that two weeks from now. Um, again, I'll... Put something together next week. You know, I'll keep you interested. I'll keep you entertained. I'll do the best I can with what I've got to work with. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. All right. It's been a great night, kids. Thank you for listening. Shoot us a line. Leave a comment. Tell us what you want. Give us something to watch. Check out the Facebook page. Just, yeah, drop us a line. You can leave a message here on our Anchor Spotify website page. Tell us what you want. Tell us what you need. And if we agree, we'll give it to you. Otherwise, we'll tell you what you can do with it. 
will respectfully decline in a <laughs> in a sports a frenzy way. way. <laughs> <laughs> in I'm only a way that sports frenzy can bring it. <laughs> I'm the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. Have a great week, kids. We will check you out next week, or I will. Maybe Dave, a call in. You never know. Dave will see you in two. Take care, kids. <laughs>